All right, welcome to episode 12 of Reaching Longview, Valley's official podcast. We're back at it. Yeah, I don't know, I'm, I'm still trying out names. What do you think of that? Reaching Longview, we just called it that. We'll play with it some more. We're 12 episodes in. I think we, we aim at that. We're going to really narrow our focus. That's true. Reaching the world. Valley's official. <laughs> Reaching Pluto. We're a little broad now. Maybe yeah. a little bit yeah. broad. Yeah. Anyway. Scope. Hey, yeah. We have been, uh, we've been gone for quite some time. We've been gone for about a month. Mike, how are you doing? I am doing great. Good. I'm a little, a uh, little Anxious, if I'm honest, my son is four hours away at his very first youth retreat. Now, you said youth retreat last night when you and I were talking about this. This is his first first youth retreat without you as a chaperone or even as the leader, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, years ago when I was a youth pastor, he would go to youth retreats as, like, a five-year-old. Okay. Or a four-year-old, and he would be, like, the, the youngest middle schooler there. Okay, so you're, like, the leader who has his kid there because... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I get that. I can, that. you know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're good, me- yeah. good memories. Okay. But this is, he's on his own. He's, uh, yeah. It's fun to watch him grow. This one is like, he's actually of age. Yeah. And he gets to go as a student participating in the youth ministry. Yep. Do you think he's going to cause, or he's going to go for any pranks while he's there? It would not surprise me. Okay. It would not surprise me. Yeah. That'll be, I'm actually really excited to hear about what happens as well, because my brother is actually on that same trip. Yeah. The first time ever chaperoning a, a week long trip. If you know my brother. Who's more anxious, you or I? I, I don't know. (laughs) I think we're, I think I I actually, what I think is that as a church, we should all be collectively anxious because Vinny, our youth minister, our youth director, this is his first trip who has taken a bunch of volunteers where this is their first trip with a bunch of kids who are, this is their first trip to a camp that we've never been to ever before as, as an association up here. Hey, by faith, man. Yeah. By faith. So it's uh, it's going to be an interesting report when we, when we, we hear back. So Mike, the last time we got to sit down and talk, you just got back from vacation. But you also went, uh, you, you were given another trip, right? Since we yeah. were gone. So why don't you catch me up on that? How are you doing? Are you, are you relaxed? I'm relaxed, but for different reasons. Yeah. How are you, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, you know, we, we took a few day trip uh, two weeks ago to Bend, had four nights there. And it was kind of one of those rapid fire, fast pace, do as much stuff as you can, come home okay. exhausted trips. Okay. But it was great. We had the kids with us the whole time. We basically went from the pool to the lake or to the river, to the pool, to the river, to the pool, to the river. And so just did, different bodies of water. Over yeah. And, over and then we again. did the high desert museum and, okay. and, uh, and then ate some good food and, and that, that was about it. Have you guys been to Bend before? No, never. I, I love Bend because you actually get all four seasons in the Pacific Northwest down there. It's really expensive, but uh, it's it's a great place. Yeah, so. we had a great time. That's cool. Highly recommend it. Yeah, I, well, I'm going to have to go. Have you, is Bend and Sun River the same thing? No, they're, those, are, those they're, are different things. They're near, I think. But. Yeah, yeah, those are different things, though. That's cool, man. That's cool. I uh, I got to go on vacation since uh, you, you gave me a week off because I asked for it. Yeah. After Royal Family. So I will never again <laughs> do... That week was, I had, at the beginning of July, I had Royal Family Kids Camp, and then as soon as I got back, I, I literally went back from camp straight to a wedding rehearsal, Yeah, and I did a wedding the next day, Yep. and then the next day, I was decorating for Vacation Bible School, and we did Vacation Bible School, and it was exhilarating, but it was exhausting. 
it was it was pretty crazy. And for the people who are wondering, Royal Family Kids Camp this year was a struggle. Yeah. Uh, but but a good struggle. It, I, I, people have been wanting to hear reports. I know the first year we did this as a church or as, as, a, as a city, I guess, when we collaborated with other churches, um, I, I really thought that that was as hard as it was going to be. It was misleading. I thought, man, people tell us horror stories, but this was okay. We can totally do this. But now looking back at it, I think God was just, hey, here's a pass to warm you up. Yeah. Because the second trip, the second year, was every horror story that I've been told came to life for us. But man, so rewarding. So worth it. And I, 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 I don't know, it's changed a lot of my perspective on uh, foster care and how we need to be just ministering to, to foster care kids and, and just families like that at the moment. So that was good. And v- Vacation Bible School was awesome this year. This was yours second one, at least seeing one here at, at Valley, right? Right, yep. And it actually, it is our second one since we started doing them again. Since the relaunch of all of that? Yeah, yeah. So for people who don't know, um, once upon a time, Valley was known for their vac- Vacation Bible Schools. I mean, it was crazy how much decorations, everything. Look, it, it's, it transformed the entire church. Like, headed, I think they probably dropped hundreds of dollars on just paper, you know, that colored paper alone, Mm -hmm. just seeing every room be transformed. And we had a couple hundred kids. Maybe that's a stretch. Maybe a hundred kids would come, but we, we took a break to do some other things. So this is our second year back and we've been slowly building back up. Uh, last year, the first year we did it, I think we had like a total of 60 kids registered Mm -hmm. this year. We ended with with what I saw is we actually ended up with 79 kids. Yeah. So we see an uptick in that. So that's pretty cool. Mm Mm-hmm. So thanks again to anybody who's listening who was a part of that. Thank you so much for for being a part of that. So that's it for last the last month though. But Mike, what's what else is going on in your world, man? I just want to catch up because yeah. uh, it's been a while. So we are uh, doing the the joyful experience of trying to pre- prepare our house to sell in Federal Way. We've been renting it out, and now it's time to sell it. And I'm driving up there every week in the the. Uh, lovely traffic of Federal Way in Tacoma and Olympia and then driving back. And uh, it just is really a, a wonderful experience for the soul. <laughs> <laughs> so this so this second week, this is going to be your second week going up there to do that, right? Yeah. In yep. a row. Yep. So do you foresee a lot of trips this next this next month? Just yeah, going up? I'm hoping to go up every week. There's okay. a lot. There's I've got a pretty good list of stuff inside and outside the house to get done just to get it ready to sell. And, That's right. and really, you know, we want to we want to. We don't want, we want it to be nice for whoever buys it. And okay. so, and if I remember correctly, when you guys moved down here, you, you guys rent or renting your house mm-hmm. up there, but now you're looking to actually buy down here. So that, so you need to sell that in order yeah. to down be payment. established. Yeah. Down here. yeah. That's, that's going to be, that's going to be quite the task. I don't know, man. I was driving around the city the other day, just looking at houses that are for sale and our housing market is just climbing up there. So, uh, Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Thanks. Good luck with that. Good no, luck. Besides that, though, I mean, we've, you know, things have been good at the church as well. Oh, We're yeah. This, uh, we just finished our third week in the Psalms and it's been wonderful. You know, we've been talking to a lot of people about just how much theology is mm-hmm. in the Psalms, how much you learn about the character of God and, yeah. and the desires of God and the who he is and, and how we are meant to re- respond to him. It's just chock full of that. Whereas... A lot of people, they look at the Psalms and they think, oh, this is just poetic language and I can kind of skip this or it's not the meat of the scripture, but it, it properly understood it. It's, it's 
really meaty. It's really good. You know, what's interesting is that I feel like Psalms are quoted a lot when theological statements are being made throughout like the epistles. So there is a lot of meat there. Like what the things that David experienced and the other people like that yeah. as they experience, like they, they are proclaiming Especially the attributes of messianic God. ones. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Which I, okay. I, I know we're going to talk about some uh, theo- theology later, but I, I will say, cause we actually, we haven't had a chance to talk about this. I really enjoyed the third message in the Psalm series. For me, that was just a really good gut check of uh, who am I trusting in mm-hmm. uh, lately? You know, like we live in a culture right now where it's really, it's really easy to, to, to find motivational speakers to listen to every morning, to find journals that'll help you plan out and just, you know, we, we live in a culture of, Hey man, let's just get work done, pull up your bootstraps mm-hmm. and get working on that. And lately, I think that was a good check for me to be like, Hey Andrew, don't trust in your own strength. Don't trust in your own work. You need to trust in God. Yeah. He's the one who works in and through you. So I really appreciated that. That's cool, man. That message. Yeah. You've been busy. I think you, you haven't been able to make the first two. Correct. I remember I've had right. to listen to them so, online. Yeah. The first one though, Psalm one, it actually, I shared this with you, I think last week, it, it was convicting to me to preach that. And the idea of is, is my delight really in the law of the Lord? And am I literally like not metaphorically, like, am I literally meditating on it day and night? And uh, that was a little over two weeks ago. And I, I just decided to like kick up my Bible reading dramatically and I feel like I am already reaping dividends from just reading large chunks of scripture every morning. Okay. And I know not everyone can do that all the time. And, and I've had seasons where I've done this before and seasons where I, it's waned. But I'm telling you what, reading the scripture in depth or just regularly reading a high volume, it does something to a soul. That's awesome. So actually, let's. I know we didn't plan on this. Let's, I, I kind of want to ask you, what does, you're a pretty productive guy. And I know, I love that you know, obviously you, sh- you need to be prioritizing a relationship with the Lord, obviously, since you're, you know, we're leading the church. Yeah. What does, what does a morning routine look like for you to really kind of get yourself centered, to be in mm-hmm. the Lord and in the word and, and, and moving forward? Yeah. I mean, I, I for me and, yeah. and this is what I encourage anyone who can, recognizing some people can't, but it means getting up before anyone else in the house. Mm-hmm. It means, you know, I'm my morning routine is I'm up and I shower. Like that's the first thing I do. And I don't have a gym routine right now. Um, maybe when fall rolls around, I will again. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I shower, I go out and make a cup of coffee, make some breakfast, and I sit and I do most of my reading right there. Usually no one's up. If, if people get up, I'll, I'll greet them or whatever. And then I'll just pack up and I'll head to the office and finish. Nice. But I try okay. to do most of my reading in my, my kitchen table is okay. where it is. And are you reading the Valley reading plan right now or, or anything else on top of the Valley? I read reading the Valley plan? reading plan, but I also read a, a, let me see if I can explain this well. I read 10 chapters a day from 10 different portions of scripture. 10 chapters a day from, okay. Okay. Wow. So, so one chapter from each portion. Mm-hmm. And so I read from the, the Old Testament narrative that, you know, the Pentateuch, I read yeah. from that. And then I read from the histories. I read a Psalm, I read a proverb and I read out of the uh, prophets. Okay. And then in the New Testament, I read from the gospels. I read a chapter of Acts every day. Mm-hmm. I read two different sections of the epistles. Does that cover it? That, that's about it. Yeah, and then you get into prophetic stuff at the end, whatever, wherever you want to cut your 
Yeah. The lineation on Revelation. It, it's yeah. complicated enough that I don't remember it off the top of my head. Yeah. That's why I use Logos. I just plug it into Logos for That's Bible okay. reading plan. And so yeah. I just, it, I click on it. It takes me right to the passage yeah. and, and it moves me along. So uh, Gospels, Pentateuch, New Testament letters, two different parts of that. Uh, Proverbs. Uh, then I read out of the wisdom literature like Job. Okay. And then Psalms, the Old Testament histories, prophets, and then Acts. Those are the 10. Yeah. For people who are looking to just get a handle on the word of God in the morning. So we, we do supply uh, every week a, a valley reading plan that mm-hmm. we, we print in the bulletins. It also goes out on your Monday memos. I see that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when, uh, when I remember, I put them up on our social medias. I, I'll make that priority this week. Or but, yeah. when we have someone who's willing to help with that. That's right. Which is, is a That's great right. opportunity if there is someone listening that says, hey, I got 10 minutes to schedule some posts for the yeah. week. It takes for about, sure. what, 10 minutes for a week? It does. And it's actually fun because there's some, there's some creative things you can do with that. Uh, you can actually do it on your phone. Actually, there is someone who wants to do that. I, I will show you how you could creatively do it on your phone for fun and, and do other things. Um, so that, the Bible reading plans are good. So you read, your, you read the word. You, uh, you will start to work out a little bit. Yeah. Right now. Is there anything that anchors your day? That's, that's a term that I've been seeing a lot in, uh, just some leadership books or just something that has to anchor you. Like it has to happen. Yeah. So it's, it's that Bible, Bible reading along with prayer. Okay. And I actually, I've developed my own prayer system. I use a tool, another app, it's called prayer mate. And I pray through a handful of different categories. So I pray for Leaders of Valley, I pray for different categories of things happening in the life of the church. I pray for my my family every week. I pray for those who don't know the Lord. I have a rotating list that I go through. Okay. I pray for a handful of missionaries and, and ministers across the Northwest and the world. Um, and I end that with a prayer out of uh, the Valley of Vision. Uh, and that's a, just a compilation of Puritan prayers that I... I like to read those out loud to end my prayer time. It really just is kind of solidifies the okay. whole, like I'm taking time devoted to the Lord going before him, really proclaiming my dependence on him and yeah. bringing the cares and the things that are important to my heart that I believe are important to his heart to him. Okay. I, uh, I'm smiling right now. Cause I, I'm trying to envision what our lives would look like, you know, like in a TV scene, sometimes you see, you see the screen is split in half. You see one person, this is how, what they're doing. At the same time, this is what's happening to another person mm-hmm. over here. Because uh, I wish I could get up before anybody else in the house. But actually, living with Vinny, he gets up He gets up at 4.30 every day yeah. to, uh, to, to work out and he coaches. So he's actually kind of my alarm clock. Mm-hmm. Because by the time he wakes up and he starts working out, I just... I wake up to just crashing sounds <laughs> every day because in the because you know we have weights yeah. in the garage and yeah. I just hear things just slamming. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm up. I wake up. It's Vinny's uh, act of service toward you. I mean, he's really thinking about you right. and helping you out. Yeah, yeah. You know what, what a if, loving brother. If there's an anchor in my day, it's Vinny. I guess. <laughs> That's weird. But so I get up. I have caffeine. I, I read. Uh, Lately, actually, I use Logos like you do. Mm-hmm. Um, when when I think about it, I try to jump in on the Valley Reading Plan. But I have a, uh, I've been doing six months in the Minor Prophets mm. is what I've been wanting to do. I, Logos has a really cool like just pick a plan, and uh, that's what I'm trying to do. Before I was trying to read, kind of like what you're doing, like ten chapters from ten different things. It wasn't that much, but it was like. I think it was the ESV Bible in one year, which was like four to five chapters or something every yeah, day. Yeah. Um, I like writing. I really like enjoy journaling. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just found myself like a lot of time would go by and I wouldn't be able to do what I felt was really edifying. So now I read one pa- passage and I journal for a while. Then I get up 
and I start working out. But lately, what I've been trying to do to keep the momentum is uh, I've been listening to a speech from The Rock. <laughs> I just pick a speech from The Rock and I just listen to him yelling at me about how I need to just keep moving. Mm-hmm. And then I show up here. There you go. Yeah. So that's that's what my morning routine looks like. That's at good. least I'm trying to get it to more more established in that in that capacity. So yeah. Anyway, I, I cut you off. So this, good things are happening at the church. I actually I wanted to I wanted to point out, dude. When I walk into the Pacific Way campus, it looks like a completely different church to me. I mean, I've been here for a while and I've been in with the kids. And when I come back, it's so cool to step into services now. And there are a lot of families mm-hmm. showing. Like, I don't, I'm not just seeing guests. I'm seeing families yeah. show up. And I, for the life of me, I can't really pinpoint like, oh, this is what we're doing to attract people, you know, in, in, in that lingual. I guess I just see families just showing up and actually it's kind of happening across all the campuses mm-hmm. right now. Um, so since the last time we recorded, we have had two pastor luncheons, right? What, what are your, uh, what, I, are you encouraged by that? I mean, this is you're you're a year and a half in here now. Yeah, just about. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm encouraged. I mean, the pastor's lunch is, uh, you know, one of the things we do is we allow people just to share why they're sticking around Valley, what, what it is, is keeping them here. And, every time people talk about the gospel mm-hmm. and how meaningful it is to, to just see the gospel at work and hear the gospel regularly. And then people talk about, and this is across all the campuses, right? How welcomed they feel. People legitimately feel like they come in and there are Valley people that are glad they're here. And there's not a ton of the, I'm sure there's clicks. I'm sure there's people that, you know, kind of keep their to themselves and the people they know. In yeah. fact, like a month ago, there was a guy at Valley that is a regular and he asked a guest to sit somewhere else because they were sitting in his seat. What? Yeah. And I kind of caught a glimpse of it and uh, it was, so there, there, I think every church has, yeah. when people have moments where they don't see past their nose, right? Yeah. yeah. They, they forget what we're here for, to worship God and to love each other. And uh, and so that was, that was not the we had a good conversation, but that said, uh, Valley's growing and it's just being welcoming. And we've taught about this in our, in our VIP meetings before services. We've, we've emphasized this in some of the messages. We just really said, we're not compromising the gospel, but the gospel actually transforms us into being welcoming people that are excited when, when someone new walks into the church. And we need to remember that we don't, I, I know, I know of a couple of my own guests who have shown up in the last month or so, who are hurting. There are some traumatic life events happening in their life and they just decided, Hey, I want to try out your church. And they showed up. And what's been amazing for me is that I don't feel like I have to worry about my church welcoming them because I'm with the kids. Right. Right. And so I I show up really quick and I, I, I'm like, Hey, welcome. (laughs) Let me, let me welcome you show you the church really quick. And then I, I have to get back down to the kids but everyone else has stepped in and has welcomed people. So it's, I, I'm so excited that Valley is really stepping up and welcoming people. I mean, if you're listening and you're a part of that, thank you so much mm-hmm. for, for doing that because that's, that's what it means to be the church, to yeah. be gospel oriented. Cause he's, can you imagine someone going through something rough coming into a cold church? You know, they're, they're looking for hope. They're looking for meaning. They're looking for significance. And then they're met with a, like a, what are you doing here? Breaking God's heart right there. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is, Yeah. That would be crazy. So that's that's been exciting to see that across the campuses. But really, I honestly, from uh, just for me, from observation, it really does feel like the PwC right now is, is I've seen the most visitors, 
there. And I'm only saying that because I know there are some people who take pride in the, the bean being the, the growth engine in the church. So if you guys feel that way, it's time to step up. Come on. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's see some baptisms guys at the, <laughs> at the bean. So, um, I, you got you anything else? You got anything else you want to share about from in your personal life? Anything you want to share with the church, the or the this podcast to <laughs> to catch people up you, on? Well, by the, time, by the time this drops, we'll we'll have passed National Night Out. But pretty excited yeah. about this is tomorrow night, National Night Out. Where just Valley gets to serve our community. We get to show up and be part of handing out disaster relief packets and serving alongside of um, disaster relief. Yeah. And they're going to feed a couple thousand people and just be a presence serving in the name of Christ to, to love our community. No strings yeah. attached. And I think it's just a great opportunity. National Night Out is going to be a really cool thing. I'm excited for us to get out there and really connect. I know last year when we did this, we didn't uh, promote this as well as we could have. So there were from the church that we were kind of few and far between, but this year it really feels like a lot of people just jumped on board mm-hmm. to really, uh, you know, connect with the officers and everything else. I, I was laughing when you brought this up cause I was thinking, um, I made that, that promo video okay. last week and I'm excited because that's the first video I've ever made to reach over a thousand views yeah. on something. I usually average like two or 300. Um, but what, what I'm, the the what's the funniest to me is that my profile is a public profile. Okay. So if you click on the video, you see I made it, and if you're like, "Who is this guy?" and you click on my name, my profile picture is not a very flattering picture at all. It's me being squirted with squirt guns. Okay. And uh, I actually had a had a couple like write to me like, "Who? What is this? Who are you? Are you okay? Like, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's super funny to me. Anyway, I. Hey man, I here's, like here's your next career as a YouTube personality. Maybe. There it comes. So, yeah. Anyway, I wanted to transition now into today's topic and you kind of touched on it uh, talking about the Psalms. We started a discussion on the nine marks of a healthy church. We're reading through a book uh, by Mark Devers. Mm-hmm. And these are the things that he prescribes. So, you know, when, if you are looking for a church, and that's how I see it. If you are, if you moved in an area and you're looking for a church to attend, like here are some things that you should really kind of be looking for to be part of a, a biblical, a biblically sound church. Yeah. So the last time we met, we got to talk about expositional preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, today we're going to be talking about biblical, sorry, biblical theology. There's a lot there. Um, do you want to kind of explain like what is theology? Because there's a distinction between theology and biblical theology. Yeah, I think so. If I remember right, um, this book was originally a, a, a handful of letters to church planters or a letter to church planters about here, here's your aim as you're planting a church. And then I think he morphed it into, he preached it at his church and then it became compiled and he fine tuned it. And so this is one okay. person's so, perspective right. of the nine marks of what a healthy church is. And so he starts with expositional preaching. We're preaching the word of God, but, and then it goes into biblical theology was, which is basically saying understanding, having a theology that, that understands the whole scope of the scripture. Mm-hmm. So this is a theology that doesn't just have a hobby horse. Um, this is a theology that doesn't just cherry pick verses, but instead it tries to say, okay, we, we understand the full picture of scripture as, as a, a meta narrative mm-hmm. from, from front to, to back. This is, this is all tied together right. and understanding the, the thread that ties it all together. Right. Mm-hmm. And so biblical theology helps us understand that scripture and 
you might have words like this and, and other people have used words like this. The Bible is primarily a book about God and in our 21st century American culture, it's easier for us to think the Bible's primarily the book about me. I read the things that I want to read about me that fit into my life situation that make me feel better about myself. And we forget this is actually God's self-revelation of himself primarily. And it is about man, but it's about man secondarily, right? Like how man was made in the image of God, how man has corrupted the image of God and, and their sin, how man cannot fix it for themselves. And then how, how God shows up, sends his son as a savior and then substitutes himself for us because on the cross for our sin, dying and, and being raised from the grave. And so, I mean, I guess I'm rambling maybe a little bit here, but, but that's, that's really what we're saying. This is one big story about God and man's relationship to God and how God actually fixes that relationship yeah. that man broke. So, so we, we broke that down. So I, for me, when I, in Bible college, when we talked about theology, uh, I read a book called why theology. And it stated that everyone, everyone, whether you're an agnostic or a Christian or a Buddhist, you're a theologian. You yeah. have a theology mm-hmm. of some type. And cause all theology is, it's, it's a, it's Greek Rick, for uh, thoughts about God study of, yeah, the study of God. Yeah. And so, and so whatever it is that you have, your thoughts are about God, whether he exists or not, whether he's a benevolent God or, or, or not, that's your, you, ha- you have a working theology of some sort. And when I say working, I mean, quote unquote, working theology. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you do though. You live out your theology. Yeah. We, yeah. What you actually believe is how you actually live. Right. If you don't right. believe that you're going to come face to face with your maker and be held accountable for things, you're going to live like that. Yeah. You know? So when we say biblical theology, and I actually, I liked what you said about the, the meta narrative, we're talking about theology that's based on scripture, that's based on the Bible. And then more importantly, it's based on the entire narrative, the, the meta narrative of scripture. Because like you said, we don't cherry pick and we don't have... Well, we do have an agenda. Our agenda is the glory of God and it's under the entire council of scripture. Right. And to me, that answers a question because I, I got in a polite discussion with someone uh, maybe about a month ago and they were asking me about, we, we were talking about relationships and whether or not theology should play, uh, be important in, in, in a marriage. And I, I kind of feel like they asked me why I'm not, I'm like not married yet. And I was like, well, what's important to me is I, I want to find someone who holds, I, I use the words proper theology. And this person said, why does that matter? Because isn't everyone's theology the same? Like, how do I know? Because everybody, ha- everybody likes to argue like, you know, you're wrong. It's actually this way. So how do I, there's so many theologies out there, even amongst the church. Yeah. How do I know that your theology is proper theology versus this theology that maybe another church is talking about is not proper theology. And I think it has a lot to do with the meta narrative. It yeah. has a lot to do with consistency with what the overall council of scripture talks about. And I think just to interject there, I think what governs your theology, right? Because I don't claim to have a perfect theology. I'm sure there's gaps in my understanding and I've got growing to do. You do, we all do. But what we're trying to do with biblical theology is just say, what is governing how I think about God, how I study God, how I understand him. And this is really, I think that where it all hinges. Is it the truth of God's word, what it says, or is it how I feel? Yeah. Because what biblical theology pushes against is a theology of here's what I feel. 
here's what I want to be true. Mm -hmm. Even here's what I sincerely believe to be true. Like I can have a sincere belief about something and it can contradict the scripture. And so in that moment, what governs my belief? Is it my feelings? Is it the, the social structure around me and the belief systems of the world that are pulling me in that direction? Or is it what God's word actually says? That's, I think, biblical theology. I'm going to take God's word regardless of how I feel. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And I think people, we need to understand that truth is inconvenient for everyone. Mm -hmm. I, I think people could easily say like, oh, it's easy for pastors to say whatever because they have an agenda. But the truth is it cuts us first. It should be cutting us first mm -hmm. before we, we, we proclaim it. And biblical theology is, it does. It, there's a lot of things I wish were true. But if I, I truth is, is self-evident, it exists outside of me. And I, instead of me trying to bend truth to my will, I have to conform my life to what reality actually is. As a matter of fact, the, the book that we're talking about, uh, it says that one of the, they, they, the Bible is about God and it gives us the opportunity to understand the character of God. And thus we get to know God. I, I always use the illustration of like, let's say you see someone in a, in a coffee shop and you can make a lot of assertions based on how they dress, maybe what they're using, like tools or whatever, like they're on a laptop or something. But you and you can make up a lot of thoughts of who you think that person is. And if you try to get to know them and ask conversations and you continually assert your assumptions about that person. Yeah. You're wrong mm -hmm. about that. And that's what we do with God. Right. We 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 have we we wish he was a certain way or we wish things were a certain way, but that doesn't matter. We have to let God be who he is because who he is is not in under our control. We have to align our perception of reality to what actually is. I don't know. That's. That's how I've always seen that. And that's what biblical theology is, is about. Yeah. Is us aligning ourselves with truth. Yeah. That's good. It's a full picture of scripture. And, and it is, it is so necessary to strive for a biblical theology for sound doctrine, right? Actually, our next series is a series. And one of the messages I was working on earlier, just outlining it, it the, the title is, um, theology matters or doctrine matters. Yeah. Right. And, and the reality is we, without the word of God, without a biblical theology, without reading God's word and developing a theology based on what God's word reveals is true. We so easily lean into whatever's convenient to believe. It reminds me of, you know, when I was a, I think a senior in high school or a junior in high school, everyone in our class had to write a, a paper and we had to make up our own philosophy that we live by. And that's kind of like just our default, right? How am I going to live? How do I want to live? And I remember a lot of those papers were, I mean, they just were, here's what I want. And so here's how I live. And one person would read theirs and the next person would read theirs and they'd be contradictory. And there, there was no truth to tie either of them down. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, one person says what they want. The other person says what they want. Um, and the scripture even speaks about this. You know, Paul writes about this in second Timothy. He says the time is coming where people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And they'll turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. You know, this is, this is why biblical theology is so important because we live in a world where there is a host of teachers. I mean, I talked about you being a YouTube personality earlier, right? You, you can go on YouTube and you can find someone saying whatever you want them to say and spinning it as yeah. true. 
Yeah. And it's not if it doesn't match the word of God. And that's to use the word spin. That's what we, we mean by about seeing a truth in, in line with the entire council of scripture, because it is easy to take one one truth or one verse and to spin it and to make it and to warp it into something that justifies your actions. And that's what we're looking for in, in, in the passage you just read. What we're looking for is justification, not truth, but justification to do what we're doing or, yeah. and that's, you're building your life on a false foundation. It's going to come crashing down. And in that intent, I, sometimes we read that and we think to ourselves, yeah, I got to look out for false teachers because, you know, they're, they're malicious and they're trying to lead me away from, from, from God, which even within the church, people who have the best intentions will have poor theology and will spread folk theology and will do a lot of damage within the church. Mm-hmm. I think when we bring up the idea of, of valuing and looking for biblical theology, it's more than just, oh, your church should know. It's like, I think as Christians, we should value it. We should be practicing it. We should be studying it. I've shared this, I think in a previous podcast, but I, my life was impacted by someone who meant well. But when my parent, my, when my family was going through some rough stuff, they said, hey, Andrew, because your family is a, a Christian family, your parents, your family will never fall apart. You'll, they'll never be divorced because they're Christians and Christians don't do that. But that's not biblical at all. That's not true at all. And so when it finally did, I, I was really mad about yeah. that. And that was someone that was someone who said that with the best of intentions. Right. And that's, they're, they're taking even like a ideal situation, right? Like Christians should not divorce. Like mm-hmm. we, we should learn how to have a godly home and practice repentance and forgiveness when there's error and, and not continue in sin. Like if, if those things happen... Christian parents won't lean toward divorce, right? Mm-hmm. But the reality is there is hardness of heart. There is people who are unfaithful who do the opposite of what the ideal of the scripture is, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's an incomplete picture. That is not a biblical the- theology yeah. because it's taking just a sliver of the scripture instead of the fullness that, that realizes the the rebelliousness that exists inside an individual's heart. Yeah, And you know what? there are people that profess the name of Christ that don't follow Christ. Right. And that, that's another conversation, maybe mm-hmm. like what it looks like to actually be in the faith, but yeah, that's not biblical theology. If you just take that sliver. Yeah, that's exa- exactly. And so when we talk about biblical theology and when we talk about the, these things, uh, the book describes it as getting to know God for who he is. And I appreciate that because biblical theology, I think the, the excess to that about biblical theology is that we can have an agenda of just making sure everyone is living the way they need to be living, which that is part of it, but it's more about who is God and how should we respond to who God is, not how can I control or mitigate someone else's behavior because it's not pleasing to the Lord or myself. Yeah. And there's, there's a, there's a difference in that. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. 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 That's, Is what you're talking about like moralistic living? It is. It is. Expand expand that a little bit. So, okay. So like, I think when I was a youth pastor, I remember there was a, there was a family, their kid was, there was acting, he was acting out, just being dumb about things. And they, they marched him into my office one day and just, Hey, will you please sit down with our kid and let him know that this is wrong. This is wrong in his life. This is wrong in his life. And this is wrong in his life. And I was like, I, I mean, technically, yeah, biblically, I could sit here and point out that these things are, are wrong. But 
I don't think that's the point because I'm not, not going to use scripture to modify his behavior because you think it's wrong because that's not what we're going for. We're going for a heart change. And I think for, and I tell, I told him for you to march him down here right now and expect me to straighten out your kid, it's kind of exasperating him. And Ephesians says not to do that. So what do we want to do here? Mm-hmm. Because I think what you just did is wrong, but we could also talk about what his kid is doing wrong. So, and they got, they got really mad at me. I probably didn't handle that the best possible way, but what, what I'm saying is that like, there is moralism attached to the, to theology, but at the end result, isn't about us becoming better people. It's about God being glorified. Yeah. You know, it's great that you said the word glorified because what I'm thinking about right now is I think one of the lines to determine what is solid theology, what is sound doctrine, what is biblical theology versus what's not is, is where does the glory land? Right. Cause biblical theology recognizes that God's the one that gets the glory, that God's the one that's always faithful, that he's the one that is just. And yet the justifier, right. He is kind and he is loving and, and all of those things perfectly. Mm-hmm. Right. And so much of the, the modern theology and not even really modern because most modern heresy is just a repackaging of an ancient heresy, but most modern, uh, bad theology, it's, man gets the glory one way or the other. Mm-hmm. You take about, take the, the most popular examples, the, the prosperity gospel, the health and wealth. What, what do they spend? They say, well, you know, you are powerful in and of yourself and you are the agent of change and you are supposed to be wealthy and you are supposed to be healthy and mm-hmm. you are supposed to be this. And it really is, it's self glorification. It is. Yeah. It's, look at how awesome you are versus the real biblical theology says, look, you are a wreck but by the grace of an awesome God, you are saved, right? right? That's a full picture biblical theology. And so then you take the the other end of the spectrum, the example of this parent, these parents that come into your, your office, well, they're trying to modify his behavior so that he will be good. Quote unquote, yeah. So that he will, another way to put that, so that he will have glory. He'll have glory for them because he's behaving the right way mm-hmm. and they'll be seen as parents that are doing their job the right way. And, and where does the glory land? it lands on humans again instead right. of landing on the, the glory of God in Christ and his, his gospel that transforms us. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's, that's a great way of putting that. And that all has to do with your understanding of scripture of biblical theology. If you're, if you're studying the word of God so that you can quote unquote, know what's right and what's wrong, just so that you can have others conform to that. So you look smart or you have all the answers. Yeah. Or so you can control others, because mm-hmm. that's a very real part of church. I'm not going to deny that. Yeah. Then you're missing the point. I, I love that Mark Devers writes out that, like this is about us coming to know God and experiencing Him through the Word of His truth, and that's that's the end result of that. That's that's what we be, should be striving for. Because there are going to be times you're going to read something that challenges you, and God wants to demonstrate how good He is, even when we are challenged by that. And, and it's, I think by studying the word, you're always going to be led outside of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And so if you're only, looking to, yeah, if you're only reading it to, to reinforce your comfort zone, then what you've done is exactly what you read from that, that passage in Timothy. You're just, you're looking for someone to justify your actions, your thoughts and your behavior. And that's not biblical theology mm-hmm. at all. And that actually spreads a poison in the church. So... Yeah, that's, that's good. So I, I guess let's, let's say let's practicality, practical. 
if, if someone wanted to brush up on on their biblical theology, what are, do you do you know of some tools? Yeah, uh, read the Bible. <laughs> right, right. I mean, really, so much of it comes down to understanding all of Scripture in light of all of Scripture. Okay. So the more your understanding of the Old Testament informs your understanding of the New Testament, and back and forth, the stronger your biblical theology is going to be. The more you understand how the Gospels mm-hmm. lead into Acts, and then how the the Paul's letters and then the other writers' letters, how they fit into that whole picture. And then you understand the place of revelation at the very end. The more you understand how the character of God is revealed in the Psalms and how that impacts the way you read, you know, the book of Revelation or, Mm -hmm. or the book of Hebrews, all of those connect together. The more you understand the way they connect together, the deeper your understanding of God and his character will, will sink and, and those roots will go down deep. And that that's the picture of biblical theology. It's it's allowing the context of scripture to feed into the, the rest of scripture. That That's how it works. You know, I you said you, you laughed and you said, yeah, read the Bible. And there was a part of me that was searching for like, but what about here's some tools? But you're right. I think about. I think about my time in, even in Bible college and for me to know the things that I knew, I had to set aside time and really work through it. And there's no, there's no, there's no shortcuts in it. Nope. You have to be willing to work through the scripture and maybe you won't know everything that a Bible college, may, a Bible student would know, but there needs to be some diligent study that happens because this is, this is for your own edification and for the edification of the rest of the body and the people that you lead, you have to take the time to really not just read the word, but to study it, to ask questions, to poke and to prod and, and, and to work through it. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, that's a good word in that. What, what should you, what should someone, what would you say to someone who feels like they're attending a church and they start to suspect that maybe this church doesn't have a biblical theology? What would I say to them? I guess what, yeah, what what, what would your advice be for them to do? Yeah, so I I am, yeah, this is is a tough question. Yeah. Because I think I have a hard answer. Mm -hmm. I think that music style is not a good reason to leave a church. Mm -hmm. I think that preference of ministry and what's offered and what's not offered is not a great reason to leave a church. I think that theology and doctrine is, is the reason to leave a church. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. And so uh, I think if there there's a secondary issue that is kind of stuck in your teeth that you can't get out, that, that's one thing. But I think if if the, the, the main course of the preaching and teaching is kind of not, never dealing with the heavier issues is surface level seems to be characterized by glorification of man and making you happy. Mm -hmm. It's not willing to deal with the difficult issues. And it's especially if it's not presenting the gospel clearly with, with passion and conviction, Mm -hmm. like those are the doctrinal issues. I say that it might be time to, to check out a different place. And I I would say it's worth it to sit down with 
with the pastor and talk to him. Yeah. Like, and that's, don't just like balance, yeah. like say, Hey, here's my concern. Here's, here's what's important to me. How does the church look at these things and have some of those conversations and maybe you're missing it. Maybe, maybe the trajectory of the church is different than where it's at right now. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get there. That's okay. Right. And maybe that you, you become a great leader in, in helping that church become right. more biblical in its theology. Right. And that's, uh, that's what I agree with that because like everything you just said about the hard answer I agree with. I, I think, man, the music I listen to and all that stuff, like I, I'll never find a church that, that does the music the way I, I want it to. Even even now, like within our own church, there are times I'm like, all right, but I get it. It's a corporate service. This isn't about me. This is about us together. And I'm, I'm fine with whatever. But theology is incredibly important to me. And I, what I like what you said, though, is like, don't just bounce. Have a conversation because mm-hmm. churches are on trajectories as well, too. I've met, I've met, and actually I went to school with, with kids who are now pastors who inherited or, or stepped into churches that were traditionally not theologically sound. And so they are beginning to, I mean, you, you, it's easy to close the doors of a church if you just start swinging, you know, big theological words and stuff. And maybe sometimes pastors are massaging it and just trying to lead. That's what they should be. They're trying to lead into where, where they're going. And I think it's important to sit down and have those conversations. Like, so what's get to know the pastor, get to know their theology, yeah. get to know what's going on there. And maybe we should do a podcast on, on, um, what are the primary doctrines versus what are secondary doctrines? That was a term you used. I actually think it would be, do it would be good to do a podcast on, uh, how to leave a church mm-hmm. because I think if you're going to leave, I think you should say something. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah. And you know, if you, I'm just imagining someone saying, well, I've got biblical theology and being completely arrogant about it and not humble. That's not the right way. Right. right? Uh, this is a humble conversation where you need to be very generous in mm-hmm. the way you speak and talk and ask questions. And, you know, I, I think that it, it, you leave it slowly mm-hmm. and, you know, I, you just got to be really careful, you, you know, using theology to negate Christ-like character is a that's striking out just in a different way, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it's just as grievous of a mistake. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mike, I think we've reached the end of that conversation. Unless you have anything else you want to share no. about that, so it's been good coming back and to recording our next episode. It feels good to be back at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I'm not sure what the next uh, chapter is for for next week. Let me. See. I'm, I'm looking it up right here. But I will say that if anybody's interested in reading this book, I will go ahead and post a link in our description so that people can uh, jump on. And the next chapter get, is the gospel. Oh. I guess that would be important, you know, We've talking about the gospel. a few times, but yeah, we'll yeah, can't handle it enough. Yeah, well, that's good. Um, so yeah, if that's it, uh, I hope to hope to hear. I'm I'm going to edit this part out. Final, final word, final word. Yeah, read your Bible. That's right. Read Get your Bible, into it, guys. Dig in deep. Yeah. All right, that's we're done. Uh, if you have any questions, go ahead. Feel free to write us, to text us, to send us an email. Uh, All the opportunities to connect with us are listed in the episode description. All right. Peace out.